fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at C4Energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I'm the Clydesdale. We are featuring all the athletes from the 2023 CrossFit Games semifinals. And back with us for a second year in a row is Stacy Lerum. Did I get that right? Lerum. Yeah. Lerum. Okay. Close. Close. You got to forgive me because last year when you're on the show, you had a different last name. I did. Yes. And you know, when I entered the chat, I almost put my my maiden name in. So I'm still getting used to it too. But yes, I did get married in February. Yeah. And so I'm going to go ahead and share a picture from your Instagram, which I thought was an amazing picture. Um, I love this. Yeah. You know, and we, that was like, we didn't practice our first dance, but the dip was something that we practiced. And so I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> I just love the way you have like the nostalgic gas signs, the American flag in the background. It is such a cool picture. Yeah. So that's actually the venue that we got married at. Um, it was like a, it's a private property, but the owner collects old buildings and signs. And so that was actually on the property of the venue that we got married at. Um, and so you can see uh, winter in Minnesota, there was a lot of snow on the ground. So we didn't do a lot of outdoor stuff, but that was definitely one of the shots that I wanted. And then we have this one as well. Uh, the happily ever after. Yes. And you looked, you look gorgeous that day. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it was wedding planning was probably like my top 10 least favorite things to do if I'm going to be honest, but that like the day was so fun and it was just, I don't know. I had a blast and I would do it all over again. So when you were on with Kat last year, you talked about the engagement and how risky it was. And I think your husband's name is Mike. Yes. Um, he carried the ring on a flight to a national park um, and did a river hike. Yes. Uh, where he could have lost that ring at any point in time. Yes. So yeah. Does Mike, so <laughs> does Mike always live on the edge? No, that's the thing. He <laughs> does not live on the edge. And, you know, I found out after he proposed that he had carried that ring around. He flew with it because um, I'm from Ohio. So he flew to Ohio with it and he just carried it around with him multiple places that he went. Um, but he wasn't worried. He said that he was going to drop it in the river. Um, and luckily he did not because we would never have found it. Yeah. Well, I love that you're from Ohio because I'm sitting in Ohio right now. I know. Yes. I love Ohio. You, you knew I was from Ohio. I did. Yeah. I listened to your guys' podcast. Oh, wow. Cool. So, um, in researching you, which is not easy when you have two names, right. um, uh, you, you make me work a little bit harder than normal. Um, you and I actually have something in common. Okay. We both grew up swimmers. Yes. I did not know um, that. 
So yeah, I was a swimmer um, all through high school and into college. I swam at the Ohio State for a brief, brief moment. You know, I am from Ohio, but I am not an Ohio State fan. <laughs> I, I am not either. I own. I only made it one trimester at Ohio State, and I I dropped out and okay. went elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so it's funny when you say you're from Ohio anywhere else in the in the United States, everyone always goes O H, and then I like I say it back, but you know, like in my heart, I I just don't want to. See, I grew up in Pennsylvania, so I'm a Penn State fan. Okay. So it, people th now that I'm I'm I mean I've lived in Ohio for 20 some years now. Um and everybody does that OH thing to me and <laughs> I just want to Yeah, you just, but, I mean you got to give it back but you know I don't know. So I, I get to know I'm assuming you're a UC <laughs> You're a UC fan? I Yes, yeah. So that's where I went to college. Um never really grew up rooting for college sports. Um so then when I went to Cincinnati that was kind of where my loyalties lie now. And they've been pretty good at sports lately. Yeah. I mean, it's always fun when I was in college. So I was there um, 2011 through 2016. We were really good at basketball, um, starting to get better at football. Um, but in the past couple of years, our football program's really um, grown. And so it's fun. It's fun to see. It's fun to root for them. So I don't always get to ask swimming questions. So what did you swim? in high school and college? Uh, I swam 100 and 200 butterfly. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, butterfly was my favorite stroke. Um, I don't know if it probably wasn't my best stroke, but I was my favorite stroke. Yeah, and so, you know, someone the other day asked me why I picked butterfly. And I mean, I swam, I started when I was really little and I don't really remember picking it. I think it kind of just chose me. Like I wasn't a good breaststroker. I really wasn't a good backstroker. And I was, I mean, I think when you're young and you can kind of do butterfly, they just kind of put you in all the events because it's a hard stroke to learn. Um, yeah. So, and then it just stuck. Yeah. I, um, I was an IMer and a distance swimmer. So <laughs> I did two and four IM and then two and five freestyle in high school. And then I did a thousand sixteen fifty in college. See, yeah, I, that, the distance people, you know, I did not envy them when they were still in the pool and we were done practicing. And then it seemed like they were still swimming when I was done changing and leaving for class. And so I did not envy that. Yeah, I loved I am. I am was probably stopped me from quitting swimming in high school. Yeah. When I got to move over to that and I got to do butterfly again. And I really, I was not good at backstroke, but I'd learned it. Like I, I learned how to, to get a faster turnover and I got better at it and I would have a nice lead going into the breaststroke, usually every race, yeah. a nice lead. And I would lose it all. Yeah. Lose it all on the breaststroke. Yeah. That was, I mean, I, in high school, I was an IM or and that was, I think, like you said, it's, it's a fun event. Um, I was not good enough to do it in college and I missed it. I did not, but also the 400 IM is probably the hardest event in swimming. And so I guess I wasn't too mad about that. Yeah. For a distance swimmer, that's, that's peanuts. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. For a, for a mid distance sprinter, it's not something that I really wanted to do. So. Yeah. So, um, I, 
I envy you so much because I wish there was CrossFit around when I retired from swimming. Like it would have been the perfect match for me coming off of that competitiveness into something that I would have enjoyed. Um, and I really struggled. I really struggled with weight and a lot of things after that um, because I didn't have something to, to fill in that gap. I know that you resisted CrossFit right after swimming. Yes. Yes. Would you, so, and tried other things. Yeah. Um, so I swam four years in college. Um, I talked a little bit about it in um, the last time I was on, but my swimming career ended a little abruptly, abruptly in college. Um, and I wasn't ready for the transition to start. Um, but since it stopped early, I wasn't ready for it at all. Um, and I didn't handle it very well, which I think a lot of college athletes don't. Um, I mean, I started swimming when I was five and it, that was my identity for so long. Um, I think like if you were to ask me three words to describe myself, I would always say athlete. Um, and then all of a sudden you're done. And I didn't really feel like I could say that anymore. And that was a huge part of my identity that was gone. Um, the perks though, was that I had a whole bunch of free time, um, and I was still in college and, you know, I was able to kind of live more of a college lifestyle. Um, but I didn't always fill it with the best things. I mean, I, I drank a lot. Um, I went out a lot, I partied a lot, which, um, looking back now, I, it was not a good way to handle that transition. Um, but I knew that I needed something because, competing and, and even just working out was something that's been my identity for so long. Um, and in college, I had kind of heard about CrossFit, but it, it wasn't really big. None of my friends were really doing it. Um, I couldn't even tell you if there was a local, I, I'm sure there was, it was Cincinnati, but I couldn't even tell you uh, where the closest CrossFit gym was. Um, so in college, I boxed and I ran a marathon and um, you know, marathon has structure. I mean, there's like an 18 week training program. Um, and I got done with my marathon and I hated, I hated every second of running my marathon. <laughs> I ran the Columbus marathon. Um, but you know, when I got done, I was like, Oh, I'm going to do that again because I don't know what else to do. Um, and I ended up getting another st a stress fracture in my hip actually, when I was training for the next one. Um, so then I was back to kind of square one. I didn't really have any motivation to, um, go to the gym. I didn't really have any motivation to compete. Um, and during that time people had brought up CrossFit and I kind of heard about the CrossFit gyms around me. And, um, I finally signed up for like a, um, intro session. Um, and I remember telling the coach, I was like, look, I am going to get addicted to this. Like, I just know that I am. Um, it had probably been, I think, three years since I had swam. Um, and I was like, I am going to want to compete. Um, and I don't, but I don't think I'm ready for that yet. And then of course, like six months later, I was competing. Um, but, you know, it was, it was good for me. Like it was good to be back in a community. Um, it was good to kind of, again, have structure, but with CrossFit, there's so many skills to learn. It's the exact opposite of swimming. Like I did the same event for X number of years of my life. Uh, but every time I walked in the gym, I was learning something new. And so, um, yeah, I mean, CrossFit, it really, 
it really brought me back into a good direction um, just with my, me mentally um, and also like my association with myself and my body and exercise um, and kind of all the other things that I was doing that were necessarily good for my mental health or my physical health. Um, so yeah. And so I've been doing it for about since 2019. All right. So I'm going to, so first of all, where did you grow up in Ohio? Amherst, Ohio. So it's west of Cleveland, uh, about 35 minutes. Okay. Okay. So near Lorraine-ish? Yes. Okay. All right. I, so my, my previous job, I would travel to all the counties in the state. So just trying to figure out <laughs> where you're at. Okay. So that's why you're a Browns fan. So we'll excuse that. I, I, oh, I love the Browns and you know, no matter where you go, everyone makes fun of you for it, but I'm a diehard Browns fan. Yeah. And they haven't hurt anybody in so long, so there's no reason to be upset at them. Right. Right. All right. So I'm going to ask a weird question just because I, uh, it's my show and I can. Yeah. So here we go. Um, you swam since you were a little, little kid. Yes. I, I did the same thing, right? Right now, and because of your swimming career, you entered CrossFit later in life than what their ongoing trend is right now with the 16 and 17-year-old athletes coming into the, the fray. Did you ever experience burnout when you were swimming or doing other athletic? Because I almost, like I said earlier, I almost quit my junior year of high school because the grind had just gotten to be too much. In high school, we were swimming before school, after school, doing all, like deck work. Like it was insane. And then college happened and that went up a level. And that's why I just, I bagged it. I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. One, did you ever experience the burnout thought? And two, what do you think about all these 16, 17, 18 year olds in CrossFit jumping into a pro level at that age? Yeah. Um, so I definitely did experience burnout. Um, and same with me when high school and you're swimming before school, you're swimming after school, um, where I grew up, there wasn't a close indoor pool that I trained in. So I was driving 30 minutes in the morning before school to go work out. Um, I was, I was very fortunate that, uh, my parents never really pushed me to, to swim or to do sports. Um, so it was always something that I wanted to do. Um, so in that sense, I think, I think some burnout, especially in swimmers comes from kind of that pressure to, to go to all those things when you don't really want to. Um, so when I was in high school, I, I definitely felt burnt out, but not enough to where I wasn't excited to go swim in college. Um, when you go to college, I mean, it, you think that you are training a lot in high school, you quadruple that. And that's essentially college swimming. Um, on top of that, I would, went, was going to school for engineering. Um, and I essentially had no time other than going to school and, and swimming. Um, I probably wanted to quit the end of my sophomore year. Um, I was, I was done. Um, I wasn't getting any better. Um, 
but I was too stubborn to quit. Um, I, I figured, oh, I made it two years. What's two more years? Well, two years is a long time. Um, looking back, I don't regret not quitting. Um, I think I could have been happy if I did. Um, but burnout's hard. And I do think about that with kind of these younger kids in high school coming into a sport where you're at the gym multiple hours of the day. Um, it's, it's, it can consume your life. Um, and I, I think the thing that I do appreciate with CrossFit though, is that there is kind of a push now for quality over quantity. Um, and I think swimming is a sport where there is quality there, but it's a lot of quantity. Like, I mean, you can swim for multiple hours a day. It's low impact. And that's what I'm used to. And that's what, and even now, like when I go into the CrossFit gym, I'm just used to, to quantity and it's kind of hard to flip sometimes. And so kind of my hope for these younger athletes coming in is that they really do stick to that quality over quantity approach. Cause I think if you don't, um, you might not make it as long as you would hope to. Yeah, I agree. I think my biggest fear is when I was swimming, it was a school sport, right? So I was with my friends from high school. Yep. Um, CrossFit almost is alienating these athletes from high school because the kids in high school don't even know what CrossFit is. Yeah. Um, and, and that was the nice thing too. Like you said, like you, I was driving to swim practice and, and granted it was, it wasn't associated with my high school, but, um, it was like, a um, a league swim team. Um, I was still with kids from my high school and we were driving together and, and you kind of have that camaraderie, like, you're all coming to school with wet hair, but you're coming to school with wet hair with five other people. And so right. it doesn't make it seem as bad. Um, I mean, I train mostly on my own now, um, and I can't imagine doing that and then going to high school and no one understanding what I'm going through. Um, I just think it would be really tough. Um, but I mean, these, these girls and these guys who are doing it now who are... 15, 16, 17, 18. I mean, they're extremely impressive. Um, and I mean, if they can get through it and they can prevent themselves from getting burnt out, I'm really excited to see how far they can take it. Yeah. I mean, you see how good swimmers can get by the Olympics. You and I were not in that league, but no. like the Mal O'Brien is in that league for CrossFit. Yes. Right. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And it's not just her, it's the Emma Lawson's and the Emma Carey's and the, like, there's a lot of them coming. So I want to, I want to revisit something that you talked to Kat about changing subjects on you again. And that is that, um, last year you kind of accidentally made individual semifinals. Yes. Right. You, your intention was to go team. Something happened with the team. Mm -hmm. They told you, go ahead and do the Indy quarterfinals. And you were right on that bubble, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think 122, if I remember correctly. I think I was 127, but yeah, right okay. out. Yeah. And so you get a backfill and you get to go to the Atlas games last year as an indie. Mm -hmm. This year, then you, you go there and you do pretty well, right? As an individual athlete, mm -hmm. um, you finish 14th. 
uh, top half of the of the mix. Mm-hmm. Last year, you were very hard on yourself with Cat. You were saying that you were not athletic. You were saying weird things like that. <laughs> Yet you're the 14th fittest person at the Atlas Games. What has anything changed in your mindset from that point? to this year going individual because you are not on the bubble this year. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I still, you know, I still would not describe myself as athletic. Like I just, I think I work very, very hard. And, um, but you know, last year, my goal going into Alice games was to get higher than 22nd. I mean, that was just kind of, I, I had no idea. I didn't have any. Just an arbitrary number. Yeah, I just I just picked a number, um, but I didn't have really a basis of where I would land. Um, so getting 14th, I mean, I was pretty happy with that. Um, I think I have after that experience um, realized I am I'm pretty decent at this CrossFit thing, um, and I think that confidence really did carry a positive impact through my training this season. Um, I think before I would look at maybe a hard workout or, um, and think, okay, like, yeah, you, you can do it. But I mean, there's going to be X number of people who are better than you. And now, you know, I just do what I can and, and learn from it and always try to improve. And I think in the back of my head, I, I don't know. I, I just, I think I always try to compare myself to others because I was at a high level in a sport for very long, but I was at a high level in a sport where you knew how to compare yourselves. Cause you, there was a time like I knew my time for swimming and I knew going into a race, if someone was going to beat me or not, if they were X number of seconds faster than me. And so, uh, I still think it's, it's a strange, um, a strange kind of, concept a little bit that you have no idea when a workout comes out where you're going to fall. But I definitely think I am more confident um, coming out of last year and then this training this year. You you told Kat that you are best at low skill <laughs> grunt work. Yes. Which, which I can see from a swimmer's mentality, right? Because when, when you come into a practice, your whole two hours are, are plotted out for you. Yep. And it's just chipping away at all the stuff to get through those two hours of practice. Right. That's just what we do head yep. down and go, but you don't finish 14th if you don't have skill. And so I think you're, you may be undercutting your skill ability in that assessment. And, and that's, and I, I'm not being critical of you. I think yeah. it's just a swimmer's mentality is we do grunt work. This is yeah. what we do. Right. But I think your skill has improved to a point where it is actually an asset. Oh, for sure. And it, it definitely has. I think um, something that I do struggle with, and I think that that was highlighted at the games um, this past year, was kind of like the, the new skills learning on the fly. Like, I definitely am someone who um, requires a lot of practice and drills, um, to learn and to perfect a new skill. Um, so what you saw or what you see from me is definitely not something that, um, I can walk into a gym and just kind of learn right away. It's, it's definitely, 
a lot of drills, a lot of progressions, um, a lot of time for me to kind of hone in on those skills. Um, but I also think that my capacity um, that I built from swimming in all those years helps me um, in kind of those workouts where there is the skill, <clears throat> but I'm able to kind of work through it <clears throat> because I have that endurance from my swimming background. So this year's quarterfinals threw three new skills at you. How, how were you able to take those on? You didn't, you weren't on the bubble coming into semis. Yeah. Um, so what were they? The wall facing handstand pushups, the, the crossovers. crossovers and the V ups. Oh, and the V ups. So a funny story about the V ups. Um, so I'll get to that, but, um, you know, I, so I follow training think tanks, um, compete programming, um, and they do a great job of kind of throwing in stuff that they see from the games throughout the year. And so I had been practicing crossovers. Um, I actually had not perfected them until about an hour before the workout. And that ended up being my best finish, I think, that I had. Um, and I've, I've always had very good upper body strength. Um, so along with practicing the, um, the wall facing handstand pushups, that was something that I was actually pretty confident in. Um, but the V-ups, um, I did the workout. I did it at, so scores were due here at 2 PM, um, cause we're in central time zone. Um, so I did the workout at, I think 1230, um, it's a 20 minute workout. Um, I get done and I look at my video and I realize that my V-ups were not going to cut the standard. Um, my knees were above my toes. And I probably would have gotten no reps on all of them. And I had about 40 minutes to redo the workout. Um, so I, this is where that grunt work comes in. So I took a 10 minute break and I redid it. And then the next day I couldn't move because my abs were all swollen. But, you know, I, looking back, I would have gotten a major, major penalty for sure. You'd think with all those years of flip turns. You would think, and you know, someone, someone came up to me when I was doing the workout and, and she, she told me that I, I couldn't, um, bend my knees. And I was like, I can bend my knees. Like, but I was bending my knees first before they, they my toes left the ground. And so, I mean, it was all on me. Like she had told me, but I was just like, Oh no, like I'm doing it right. Definitely was not doing it right. So. So did you end up getting any penalty on that, on the, no. the actual video? No. Nice. Yeah. So I got a little, I went slower, um, just, just by a little bit. Um, but I didn't get a penalty and just seeing what they were focusing on, um, in the reviews, I, I would have gotten a major penalty. Um, and so I, I was happy that I made the decision to redo. Was that even like the crux of the workout? The V-ups? Yeah. Um, I mean, by that point, I had just done so much. I mean, I had done the abs and my abs were swollen. I mean, rowing, I love Because well, you had to do more GHDs too. Yeah, I mean, it right. Yeah. So um, I had to do 100, 100 more GHDs and 50 more V-ups. And it was just my abs. My abs were killing me. I mean, I love rowing. Like I could have rowed the entire time. Um, but 
yeah, just getting on the ground again and doing more ab work was not something that I wanted to do. Yeah, the athletes we were following said that the only effect it had on the row is they couldn't open up as much in the hips um, because their their abs had gotten tight. Um, but other than that, it wasn't really an effect on the row at all. Yeah, and I, I was I was pretty surprised that I was able to kind of I had a pace that I wanted to hold and I was able to to keep it without kind of too much. I don't want to say effort, but I thought it was going to be a little harder to hit the pace that I wanted to hold. And and so it was more just like getting off the rower and getting on GHD and then, do, then doing all that core work um, that just kind of your abs were swelling up a little bit. But So I've got to say, like, there's a brightness to the way you're talking about yourself this year that you didn't have last year. Right. Like that yeah. you, there's definitely more confidence there yeah. going into this semifinal. So last year you threw out the arbitrary 22nd. <laughs> Do you have a number for this year? So, so last year there were 30 um, at Alice games and I wanted to get 22nd. So at the beginning of the season, um, members of my gym kind of wrote out goals on our board in the gym. And I wrote that I want to get top half, so top 30, because I'll be 60 at the West. Okay. So that's my goal. Well, you did do top half last year, just FYI. Right. I know. But, yeah, I I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I definitely have more confidence, but, again, I, I still just – I'm not quite sure where I land in, in competition. Um, I have pretty minimal individual competition experience. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think top half, I'm sticking with that. So I'm going to follow that up with two questions. One of them you can choose not to answer. Okay. And that is a friend of mine is also a TTT athlete, right? She has the same problem where there's nobody really around her in the competitive space mm -hmm. for her to like judge herself off of. And in the TTT kind of community, not a lot of people share their stuff. Yeah. And so you're still lost at the end of the day as to whether your times are good or bad because people aren't really sharing. Do you find that same thing? Yeah. Um, and you know, it's something that, um, I've had some conversations, um, with some of the coaches there and, um, just some members of my gym. So at my gym, um, Nicole McGinney is an athlete there who she's a TTT athlete, but she doesn't follow kind of their online program. She is a coach. Um, so her and I have the ability to, to do some stuff together. Um, but I would say if you're a male and follow TTT compete, there are a bunch of scores. Um, and I don't know if less females um, follow the program or less females just choose to share, but it is really tough. Um, I just think that um, it's, it's hard to compare yourself to a male, even if the workout is, is scaled or biased to, to try and um, even out the workout. And then sometimes the, the calories, there aren't male, female calories. And then I'm just completely lost. 
And so, um, I am fortunate that I have two really close friends who do follow TTT compete. And so we kind of have our group chat and we'll kind of talk about workouts sometimes or strategy, but, um, there are times where I just, I do a workout and I just hope that it was good enough and hope that my effort was good enough and kind of have to rely on how I felt and more execution, um, than maybe comparing myself to others on a leaderboard. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird because you're kind of isolated where you've made changes based on your results from last year. Yeah. And you want to know, did those changes I made make a difference significantly so that I have a shot this year? And she's, she's struggling, not knowing like where that places her until you get into the full season where everybody has to post their scores online. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, I think that coming out of last season, though, at Atlas Games, um, there were a lot of things that I realized that I could clean up, like even just beyond my score at the end of a workout, like something as little as like looking at a set of gymnastics and having good breaks or like I mean, everyone talks about transitions, but just like transit transitions and things like that. And so there are days and workouts where if I don't have a score that I can compare myself to, that I just need to look at my performance and say, did I, did I clean up those things or are there ways that I can improve there? Because if I can tidy those things up, that that's, what's going to help me in competition too. Um, and just, and just try to keep improving that way. Yeah. So a couple of fun questions before we finish off with semis. And that is last year with Kat, you talked about traveling as a kid to all the state parks in mm -hmm. Ohio. And my wife and I have done that as well with our daughter. So what is, what's your favorite state park in Ohio? <laughs> um, so growing up, my dad went to my dad and I, so we traveled, we were the ones who traveled together. Um, we went to Salt Fork a lot. I don't know okay. if you know where that is. Um, so oh, yeah. we, we have jet skis. Um, and so we always brought them and we would jet ski and, um, we would ride our bikes and hike. And I don't necessarily think there is anything special there, um, about that place particularly, but, um, that was the place that we went most often. And I just have a lot of really good memories there. Yeah, it's funny because I would probably rank that fourth in my state park list. Uh, yeah, and you know, I went to that when I was young. That was kind of the place that we went to a lot. And so I just think that it was kind of the, that was where the beginning of this kind of special bond with my dad happened. And so, um, yeah, a lot of good memories there. And my um, my dad um, is in Ohio still. And so we really don't camp as much anymore. So my mom is my dad's new camping buddy and they just bought a camper. And so they are going to West branch today. They're on their way there right now. Awesome. Yeah. I like, uh, mommy Bay, which would be close to where you grew up. Yes. Um, is beautiful right on Lake Erie. And then there's the Mohican, which is beautiful for hiking in the foothills of the Appalachians. Yes. And, uh, and then there's the one Southeast of Columbus that is escaping me right now, Southwest of Columbus. 
because Salt Fork Southwest East. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I've been to a lot of them. They're, I love the cabins. They have really cool cabins at those places. And if you're looking for a place to get away, the Ohio State Parks are awesome. But yeah, they they're, up fast. they're great. We, you know, we always tent camped it. So I was never able to stay in those cabins. And, you know, sometimes we would go in like the end of October, early November, and it was really cold. And I envy just not being in a tent. <laughs> so I found I found your name on a LinkedIn account. It didn't look very updated. Um, <laughs> um, but it, it was, it said biomechanical engineer. So it had to be you. Yes. Um, did you used to work for the Red Sox? I, that's my current position. I do work for the Red Sox. Oh, so that's now. Yes. And you do that remotely in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm a hundred percent remote. That is crazy. Yeah. So and you know, not- I, yeah, I, there are pros and cons to working remote, but um, I'm definitely settling in. I, I'm 100% remote as well on my job. I love it. I don't want to do it any other way. Um, but it's just, it's it, the concept of the Red Sox and what you do, I would think, is it like almost like telemedicine for you? Because you you study movement, right, in athletes. Yeah. So, um, my job is, so I'm, I'm an engineer, so I don't do any sort of clinical application, um, or intervention. Um, my role is to, um, merge the technology. So, um, movement data and I do the analysis and turn it into essentially points, um, data points, and I turn it into, joint angles or um, angular velocities or um, joint torques, some uh, measurement that clinicians or individuals can understand. And so I'm the intermediate between kind of the people who do the intervention and the data, data collection side of things. So is it from a medical perspective or from a performance perspective or both? All the above. That is so freaking cool. Yeah, I do. I mean, I have a pretty cool job. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, kind of uh, biomechanics and sports um, and kind of the monitoring is is really a hot topic right now. Um, And so what you can do with it in the application, I mean, people are still learning, but but it's wide open. Uh, which is really fun and exciting. And um, yeah, so I, I essentially get to, um, on my computer, I, I get the information and as skeletons. So I look at skeletons all day. So like when I was a kid, I remember when Nolan Ryan was pitching and when they were doing like the first analysis of like the biomechanics of all that and what, how he could pitch so fast mm-hmm. and and not sustain injury for this long career. And I was just captivated by it all. And so the fact that you get to do that every day, my last question to you is, do you only do it on current Boston Red Sox players or possible players that they may be looking at to bring in? Um, 
I don't know if I can answer that question. <laughs> okay. Then I will, I will leave that go, but I am complete. I'm, I could, I could talk to you for a long time about this, Yeah, but I will it, not bore it, our listeners on that. Yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. Um, and yeah, I started this job about nine months ago and, and it's been great. I absolutely love it. Yeah. I, I am jealous, super green jealous right now, just to let you know. Um, last fun question is last year, um, I got to know an athlete named Danny Kearns mm -hmm. and, uh, you and her competed together at Wadapalooza. Yes. What was that like? Oh, it, oh my gosh. It was so much fun. Um, so Danny was the one who I said, who follows TTT and, um, we'll text all the time with scores, um, along with Andrea, um, but so me, Danny and Andrea were on a team and, and they're out on the East coast. And we had met, um, we had stayed together. We both all went down to TTT for a semifinal simulation camp. And we all hadn't stayed in an Airbnb together and kind of spent the weekend together and, um, just bonded. And, um, so I don't remember when it was, but one of them reached out and asked if I wanted to go on a team and I wasn't planning on kind of doing Wadapalooza as, as an individual. And so I thought it'd be fun, especially living in Minnesota, getting out of the winter, um, going to Miami. And, um, so we, we didn't do any team training before the event. Um, and we just went down there and, um, it was a blast. Um, just they, Andrea and Danny are just great competitors and we got along really well. And, um, I don't think I've had that much fun competing in a long time. Um, it was a great time. So now looking at Pasadena last year, you said you were worried about being ultra nervous in your first big individual competition. You've got that out of the way. Now you've done some fun stuff like Wadapalooza as a team. Mm -hmm. And now you're coming into your second season individual. This is actually your third semifinal once as a team, once as an individual. Yeah. Do you think you got the nerves in check this year and are more prepared going in? I definitely, I think so. You know, I, even when I swam competing was always something that I, I never necessarily loved competing when I was swimming. I, I, I loved training first for the competition, but I never really was able to kind of settle in and kind of embrace the nerves, um, when I would compete. Um, and so that's something that I just, as an athlete that I've always kind of had to, to deal with and, and work to get better on. Um, so going into Atlas games, like I said, I was extremely nervous. Um, but once I got that first event out of the way, I was able to have a lot of fun. Um, and so I think going into Pasadena, I'll still probably be pretty nervous. Um, not, I've grown to the point as an athlete that it's not debilitating. Like, I, I think if you can use those nerves and kind of, um, kind of use that energy and put that into your, to your competition, it can, it can be a good thing. And, and that's where I am right now. And so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm just, I'm, I'm just really excited. So my last question is coming into the sport so late, you know, because you swam in college, mm -hmm. you resisted it for a couple years. 
did you ever become a fan of the sport before you competed in the sport? No, um, I, I, re- I really didn't. Um, I think I would like see the CrossFit games on TV. Um, and so I kind of knew what it was, but, um, and even when I started joining, like first joining the gym, I, I didn't really watch the games or follow the games. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why I, I don't know why I didn't. Um, now, now I do obviously, but. Because this is a very large field you're going into this year compared to last and the names going there to compete are for past champions, right? Yep. You know, and I just was curious about a fangirl moment, if you would have that or, but you weren't really a fan. So maybe that won't affect you like it will some of the other people. Yeah. I I mean, I think I I will still, I mean, just on social media, you know, you follow these people and you see that, I mean, they're, they're professional athletes and they have a, a large following and. I mean, I'm sure I'll probably be in awe, but not to the point where I think it, it would get in my head um, like that if I was if I was a fan and kind of growing up and and watching and following along with the sport. Yeah, I talked to an athlete a couple of weeks ago who got into the sport because of Katrin David's daughter. Yeah, and the way it just all fell out, she is literally going to be right beside her in the first event in this in the same heat. Yeah. And, but, you know, I think depending on how you look at it, like you could use it as you can use that as fuel, right? Like this is someone that I grew up admiring and, and now look where I, where I got myself and now I have a chance to beat her. Her biggest fear is going out too fast to, to try to impress her. To impress her. <laughs> yeah. That could happen too, but you know, if you go out fast then you got to hang on and so then you'll impress her. Yeah. Yeah. I go out fast every time and the wheels come off the bus and then. I'm broke down in the lane somewhere. Yeah. You know, sometimes that happens to me too. I've, I've been that like this off season, that is one thing that I have really worked on like strategic breaks because I am definitely the go out hot, either finish hot or I am, I'm dead and I never finished, finished the workout. So I didn't, I never didn't intend to ask you this question, but it's there. That's one thing that I never mastered in swimming. Like it, it felt like every off season we were working on a new pacing and I never got it right. Like I just never, and I've said this to other people, like, like in my life, I've only swam the perfect race twice and I swam a lot of races. Yeah. And so I can't even imagine when as a CrossFit athlete beating yourself up when you have to do 15 events in a week or six events in a weekend, or like to be, to have a perfect weekend is impossible. So there's always room to beat yourself up. Um, did you ever experience when you were a swimmer, the perfect race? And did you ever master pacing even back then? Um, so I, I would say actually, uh, I mentioned briefly that when I was in college, I didn't improve as far as times went. I improved very little, um, from high school to college. Um, but I did have 
what I would call the perfect race. Um, I wasn't planning on going to the swim meet actually. Um, I had to, I had a test or an exam or something when the team left the night before and I was supposed to drive up that night and a snowstorm hit. And so I wasn't going to go to that meet. It, it was just, I was just going to have the next day off. And so, um, I didn't really plan on going to the meet. And then the next morning, my coach, one of the coaches texted me and said, Hey, the roads are clear. You need to, you need to come up and you need to swim. And I was completely unprepared. Like I thought that it was going to be awful. And that was the one time in college that I swam faster um, than one of my high school times. And I, I just think, you know, I, I, the pressure wasn't there. Um, and I had zero expectations and yep, that was my junior year of college. I will always remember that race. Um, but even in swimming, I always went out way too hot. <laughs> I like, I just think that that's a, a trait about me that, um, I think that maybe I can hold on a little more than, than I actually can, but I'm working now to correct that. Yeah. Well, Stacey, this has been a blast. Uh, so much has changed for you in the last year yes. and it'd be awesome to see what those results are now going to be, uh, in Pasadena and I'll be out there, uh, checking awesome. it out in person. So, uh, we'll be there rooting you on and maybe get some sound bites from you. Yeah, that'd be great. Again, thanks for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. And to everybody in the audience, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you everybody next time on the Clydesdale media podcast. Thank <laughs> you.